As the disclaimer says in the podcast description, I'm not an attorney, financial advisor, CPA, lender, or real estate agent. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well, staying healthy out there. I hope you had a good Valentine's Day. Welcome to an episode of the Wednesday Wine and Wall Street podcast on this fine Monday morning. I know what you're thinking. It's not Wednesday, Roger, and it's in the afternoon. You shouldn't be drinking this early. Well, it is not Wednesday, and I do not have any wine again for another episode, but I thought it was really important to do an update video on uh, Lordstown Motors, ticker symbol RIDE, which if you were watching the stock this week, it was trading in the $29, $30 range all week. And now it's down to like $26, $27 per share. And you might be wondering, am I concerned about this Morgan Stanley downgrade to just a price target of $18? Well, the short answer is no, I'm not. But let's get into it and let's talk about why I think this might be a massive buying opportunity for Lordstown Motors. Enjoy, everyone. So it's Thursday, 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. I'm going through the Starbucks drive-thru, going to get my Grande Pike coffee. I opened my TD Ameritrade Thinkorswim, and by golly, Lordstown did it. It closed above $30 a share. This was huge. We've been above $30 a share several times now, back when uh, Diamond Peak Holding Company became RIDE, Lord Lordstown Motors on the stock exchange. And then it dropped, I think, below... For $15. And ever since then, we've had a steady increase back up. We've had some news articles come out. We've had some catalysts that have sent it back up above $30. But it's always settled down somewhere in the lower 20s, the mid 20s, and then later on in the upper 20s. But finally, we closed above $30 a share. And we were staying there. And I said, this is great because my goal for this company has always been by the end of February, early March, we're hanging around $33, $35 a share. That was my price target for it. And I mean, this is great. And I still think we, we're probably going to end up potentially closing around there. But then I get up on Friday and 4% of my net worth's gone. I'm like, what? What happened? I go, it's Lordstown Motors. It's dropped to like $26, $27 a share. I think it was hanging around $26.50, $27 at close. But I was like, oh my gosh, what happened? And I go and Lordstown Motors falls after Morgan Stanley uh, downgrades them with a price target of just $18. It's $12 less than what it was the day before. And I go, oh my gosh, what happened? Something must have happened to the company. Was there some kind of incident? Did somebody get hurt? Was there corruption? Why in the world would this major downgrade occur? Well, there, I couldn't find any significant reason. There wasn't like some major catalyst that caused the downgrade. Uh, the, the things that they were citing were the in-wheel hub motor that is brand new that Lordstown is implementing, has a lot of execution risks. They were talking about how there's a lot of technology or a lot of um, competition in the EV world right now. And that Lordstown is uh, you know at risk of being at a disadvantage compared to some of these big OEMs. And I thought to myself, did I miss something with this Lordstown Motors stock? Did I miss something when evaluating the company? Where did $18 come from, first off? And 
why is Fisker at $27? So I went and I went and looked at the facts again. And I can say with a relative amount of certainty that this downgrade didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm gonna get into the facts in a second. But a lot of the reasons that they're listing for this downgrade just do not at all align with the facts. And when, especially when I look at Fisker, it seems to me like Fisker is gonna face a lot more of a problem uh, with competition than Lordstown's ever gonna face. And Lordstown, I think, has been incredibly overlooked in this situation. And the second thing that I, I just wanna remind people of, and I want you to remember this when the stock is back up in the 30s again, and maybe even the 40s and 50s down the road, but when you're in a stock that's speculative like Lordstown to an extent, you have to ride the roller coaster to get to the top. I mean, it just the, it's the way it is. And I guarantee you, this isn't going to be the first time that a stock that we're in is going to take a big hit. I, I promise you that. And there's a decent chance, if I'm going to be honest, that, and I'm only saying this based off of what other car companies have done in the past, that production's going to get delayed, uh, especially with startup companies. Things are going to get delayed or pushed back slightly. That doesn't concern me. There's a lot that can go wrong, but there's more that's going right. And I saw back when Lordstown had announced 50,000 orders, there were price targets for this stock of $27, of $33. And then there's similar price targets when they had 80,000 pre-orders and 100,000 pre-orders. So to suddenly see this thing downgraded when there's so much going for this company, I, I don't think it's warranted. And we'll, we'll look into it. So the in-wheel hub motor is the thing I, I can explain the least well compared to, say, like if an expert were to explain it to you. I just, I don't understand electric motors that well. And I really have to rely on what other people tell me on this case because there's just a lot of science that goes into it, a lot of engineering and to understand it. But I, I can explain to you the, the basic concept of it and why um, it works. And I also, I wanna say too, I've, I've actually am surprisingly well connected with people who understand electric motors, who understand batteries, who understand that type of technology. It sort of came from my dirt biking career, people I've met through that. And I've asked them about the endurance before I invested in it. And they said the concept is really good. And, you know, obviously they can't go in and tear in the motors, which is where I am uh, trusting Lordstown to a great extent. But I, I do have a lot of confidence in, in speaking with Steve Burns and speaking with some people that work for Lordstown that it is an absolutely great technology. And actually you can go listen to that interview I did with Steve Burns on the Set Architecture Interior Design Podcast. But the in-wheel hub motor has a lot of benefits. Lower center of gravity, the rather than having uh, gears and things uh, from like having your engine in the front of your car and you have to transfer the power to the wheels, depending on if it's a rear wheel drive or front wheel drive car, then you lose energy when you're, you're moving energy, th when you're spinning gears and that type of thing, rather than just have the motor directly on the wheel where you can send a current to the motor and it spins. So the premise makes a lot of sense to me. And a good example of this is like the bird and lime scooters you see in cities. 
those have in-wheel hub motors. They don't have a chain and sprocket. It's the, the motor drives it directly. And it's the first time that a company has been able to do this on a large scale. And I, I'm very excited for the in-wheel hub motor. It makes a lot of sense. And it even makes a great sense from a mechanical perspective. If you have a bad engine on a car, you have to drop the entire engine out of the car and replace it. That's a major task. But to, and I haven't really gotten into the pickup truck to see this myself. So I am speculating a little bit here. But the whole idea of having the wheel just, um, or the, the hub motor just attached right there, it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like it would be very easy to switch out. So a lower center of gravity, you have better traction control, um, less parts that can break because it's just right there. You have four engines, motors, excuse me. Uh, it makes sense to me. So I do believe that the in-wheel hub motor has a lot more potential, especially in conserving energy, uh, than a lot of other electric motors out there. And I have had engineers explain that this could work much better than a traditional electric motor. So that got me excited. That is the kind of groundbreaking technology that I want to invest in. But what about the competition? And I'm going to go through, I'm on Car and Driver, and they have a list of all the upcoming electric uh, pickup truck or SUV pickup truck variants. And I have to say, when I look through the competition, I still see Lordstown up ahead, even compared to some of the big OEMs like Ford and Chevy. Um, I, I struggle to compare the Lordstown Motors endurance to the Tesla Cybertruck, because I think there's... They're not really competing, if I'm going to be totally honest. The Lordstown Motor Cybertruck is being advertised to, um, well, I don't, I, I guess, like Tesla fans. But the Endurance is being advertised to businesses. It, it's a sleek-looking truck. It's a very much a traditional pickup truck look. I mean, it, it looks like um, a similar style and shape to, say, your typical Ford or Ram truck but it's got a lot of detailing that I think just looks superb. I think it's the best looking truck personally um, compared to the other trucks, and you can go look that up and agree with me if you like, but I'll leave looks out of this debate. So although the Tesla truck might be in a similar price range to the Lordstown Motors um, and produce better uh, stats than the Lordstown Motors truck, I do believe that since they're advertising to such different people, I still, that doesn't really ding Lordstown in my eyes compared to the Tesla truck. Now, if Tesla made a truck that I think looked like an F-150, I would actually be a little more concerned. But since they decided to go all crazy with the Cybertruck, I don't really ding Lordstown for that. The next truck that people have been citing as a reason to be bearish on Lordstown stock is the electric Ford F-150, which I if I'm being honest, I think it's going to be really cool when it gets here. Now, we don't know a lot about uh, this Ford F-150 yet, other than it's set to enter production in mid-2022. Um, and I think, with logic, that means that it's like 2023 before we really see this truck getting to market. Now, that makes me bullish on Lordstown. Why? Because Lordstown is going to have production going by the end of this year. Uh, we're going to see a limited amount of trucks being produced, and then next year we're going to see a lot of trucks being produced. And even if they have a couple months delays here and there, that still means Lordstown's going to be getting to market 
and they're going to be showing their truck and gaining reviews and feedback well before the Ford F-150 is ever even going to reach market. So therefore, I'm not concerned. I don't ding Lordstown stock. I'm still uh, bullish on it. And even if Ford was coming to market this year, I would still say Lordstown is a good buy. Because remember, Lordstown is advertising this vehicle to fleet. They're advertising it to companies. They're working with companies to lower their overhead. So, you know, that 100,000 pre-orders, a lot of that comes from institutions, companies that are going to be buying the Endurance. Again, I think the F-150 will definitely go to institutions and companies. But a lot of just everyday people will be buying this truck. Uh, so, I am you know, not overly concerned about the F-150 as a competition at this point. So then we look at Nicola Badger. That thing I thought looked really cool, uh, but that project's pretty much dead, and they're not really a big concern as far as competition goes for Lordstown. Then you look at a company like Bollinger, and they got that B2. That thing is priced at $125,000. I believe it's set to come out in 2021, the same as Lordstown. It's clearly being marketed to a different uh, type of person. And it's more, I would say, in like the Jeep truck range than the full-size truck. So uh, not a major concern as far as competition goes. Then we have this rumored Chevy electric pickup that will be coming sometime. We don't even know when yet. So until I see this Chevy pickup, what it can do, when the release date is going to be, I'm not concerned, like, you know, we know it's going to happen. We know the competition's going to be there, but there's more than one car manufacturer anywhere. My point is, I read about the electric vehicle companies that are coming, you know, Rivian too, and, and I, Rivian is definitely in, in com competition with Lordstown, and, and I do see them um, competing for clients down the road, absolutely. But for now, Lordstown has strong numbers. They have over 100,000 pre-orders. That means they have a high amount of income guaranteed for the next several years. They've already secured that. They're backed by GM. They appear to have great technology. I know for a fact they have good leadership. This downgrade appears to be very unwarranted, and, and um, it, I'm not shaken. And my reaction to this downgrade is great. This just gave me another opportunity to put some more shares in when the stock is still at the 20s. And I would be curious to know, and you can reach out to me on Instagram at Jackie Channon or on my website at rogerchannon.com slash investing. Is there something I missed? Is there a key fact? Because if, if there's something I missed, I want to know about it. But for now, it seems like Lordstown Motor is in the lead when it comes to pickup trucks. I think they have good, and I forgot, even forgot to mention the partnership with Camping World. I think Lordstown Motors will likely end up at $50 or more by the end of the year. And I think we're going to see dings. We're going to see analysts give this uh, an upgrade. We're going to see analysts give it a downgrade. But we have to stay strong. We have to look at the facts. And we cannot panic sell when our stock dips 12%. That's my, that's my perspective on the situation. Again, I'm not a financial advisor. This podcast is just for enter, um, edu, edu, entertainment purposes only. Excuse me. And I hope this helped you. And, and, you know, if I miss something, I really do want to know about it. 
So I appreciate your time. Uh, and we'll just finish the segment here. I talk about some stocks I bought into. I won't go into depth on them. We went pretty in-depth into Lordstown. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. So I, I, people really like it when I keep them abreast of my portfolio. Again, I, there's a good chance I'm wrong on these stocks, and you should do your due diligence and double-check things. But I recently bought into two more stocks. They're a small percentage of my portfolio. They are uh, under $5 stocks. Actually, one of them isn't anymore, but they're under $10 stocks, I should say. And they're two stocks that I saw had a lot of good catalysts coming up, a lot of potential. One of them is uh, Tellarium uh, Inc, ticker symbol T-E-L-L, like Tell. And I bought into them at 370 uh, share earlier this week. They're a small part of my portfolio. And actually a good friend of mine, Luke, pointed this uh, company out to me. But I, I, I was reading about them and natural gas and some of the catalysts they have coming up. And I said, man, this thing is undervalued. So I bought in some shares. Uh, obviously, do your own research on that. The other one is uh, Pyrogenesis Canada, uh, ticker symbol PYRNF. I got into this thing at uh, 7.20 last week. It's gone up 20 cents since then. But it's been going up. Arc bought into it. And I will not actually go over the stock ever because I have a good resource for you. I've talked about this guy before. He's on YouTube, Mike Jones Investing. And he did a great video about uh, Pyrogenesis stock. And uh, the title for his video is, No one is talking about this penny stock and it doubled in 30 days. ARK Invest is buying the stock. Uh, you know, pretty dramatic title. But nonetheless, I did listen to what he had to say. I did some due diligence myself. And it seemed like a good buy. So it's currently sitting at 2% uh, of my portfolio, ticker symbol PYRNF. So I hope those two stocks are something that you might be interested in looking into. Uh, and I, I probably will do a, uh, a report on Tellurian Tellari, Inc. Uh, one of these days. It, it, you know, you might not think, you know, I talk a lot about uh, all these EV stocks. You might not think a natural gas stock would be something I'd be interested in talking about. But actually... I am, and I do not know a lot of the things that are happening with natural gas. So it is an interesting topic to research and listen to their CEO talk. So have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you later. Roger Channon is not an attorney, financial advisor, CPA, lender, or real estate agent. The content on the Wednesday Wine and Wall Street podcast is for entertainment purposes only and shall not be construed as tax, legal, financial advice, or other and may be outdated or inaccurate. It is your responsibility to verify all information yourself. The content on this podcast and www.rogerchannon.com is for entertainment purposes only. Do not make financial decisions based on these videos. If you need advice, please contact a qualified CPA, attorney, financial advisor, etc.